What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Blazers Edge podcast. I am your host, Danny Morang, and I am joined by, again, the homie Steve DeWald. Steve, thank you for joining us, man. We're going to make this one short, quick, sweet, because everything we say here is probably going to go stale in like 24 hours because we are recording your Sunday night, and thank you for joining me. Uh, your Dolphins are now 3-0 with Tua. Shout out, Tua. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this, this information is going to go stale. We've already had a bunch of updates from mm-hmm. Woj, already had a bunch of updates from Shams, and everybody I've talked to over the last two weeks, if you've listened to the podcast, I have said the same thing because I've been hearing all this, is that come Monday morning at 9 a.m., it is going to hit the fan. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an insane week. Like, this week is already crazy in most off seasons. This, is, I think, is going to be on steroids. Like, I think the, the amount of time that – just the fact that you're going to have to get these guys signed, traded, drafted, moved to, to your facility through quarantine and into your camp by the start mm-hmm. of next month is it's just insane. This is going to be a crazy, crazy week. Yeah, they, they might as well once they get their hat, you know, wherever they're, they're at, they might as well have their bags packed and be leaving for their destination so they can go sign their contract and, and get medical and passed into a, 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 a local bubble because that's what's going to end up kind of happening is these guys mm-hmm. aren't going to be going out and doing their own grocery shopping and they're not going to be going out to to movies or anything like that so um we're going to get right into it i got a couple questions uh, as far as the draft is concerned a lot of the same stuff so if i don't call out your name specifically i'm sorry a lot of the same questions are being asked um but we'll, we'll make sure we hit on all of them uh as we get into this all right so the nba draft we're what a little more than 72 hours away from now, uh, Wednesday afternoon. Uh, and just a heads up uh, uh, on NBC Sports Northwest, uh, Joe Simons and I will be a part of the draft coverage and we will have Trailblazers guard Anthony Simons on to talk about his draft process, what he went through. And by the way, it's almost like he went to or was going to go to the same school that Jay Scrub was going to go to in Louisville. So maybe there's a little bit of a connection there. Hmm? Uh, we won't be able to talk to him about that because legally he can't but I will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we do have block to block coverage heading into that. And also here on Blazers Edge, we will be live streaming the draft. Steve will be a part of the coverage with me. So we will be there to kind of carry you through every bit of it and have your very, very, very Blazer specific coverage. Uh, we will have it up on the site as well as streaming live on YouTube and Twitch. Um, so I will have that stuff all posted going into that article. Uh, I'll probably put a few notes in it on this one. This one goes live Monday morning. But all right, let's get right into it, Steve. Uh, first question that we got asked kind of coming into this, excuse me, while I click back, cause I was not a pre- I was not prepared. All right. Uh, where did it go? Where did it go? Oh, jeez, I lost it. Anyways. Uh, the first one, basically we're going to get right into, uh, J scrub. Uh, somebody put it out there earlier talking about, please make this, you know, make sense to me, Steve. Make Jay Scrub make sense to Blazers listeners or Blazers Edge listeners. I mean, really, I was pretty skeptical of this, especially when I heard it was going to be earlier than 46. And then I urge there, his full games are available on YouTube for the most mm-hmm. part. I encourage everyone that is, has their doubts to go and watch because the more film you watch of this kid, the more you're going to like him. Um, I think and I mentioned this in my, in my profile in the comment section. I think a lot of the times, people are going, well, he went to a junior college and I'm really, it's not too much different than what, you know, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum did. And often the separator between these small colleges and and Juco colleges is 
opportunity and academics in a lot of ways. It's not athletic ability. So this guy has played against a similar set of competition. Now, I'm not going to say it's the same, but he's ball dominant. He, I mean, he can score, he can get downhill, he can score from all three levels. Doesn't have a lot of experience as a catch and shoot guy, but that's mainly because he had such a high usage rate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he he has all those boxes that that Neil O'Shea looks to check. And it's that it's that pure skill base that you cannot teach. And the stuff that he has to fix is stuff that you can get in a, in a development system that Portland has. So it, it does make a lot of sense. The other thing would be is why is Portland trading back? Why wouldn't they trade back? And I, my counter to that is show me one team that's dying to get into the number 16 spot. And that just, I, I don't think that's happening right now. And I mean, that could change if somebody slides, but right now I can't point to one team that is, dying to get into the number 16 range especially if those late lottery forwards are off the board at that point and if they're on the board portland probably keeps that pick and makes a selection there thank you you just got to where i was going to go with if they're at the point where they feel comfortable trading back because of one particular circumstance somebody that's another team that's further back didn't expect to fall let's use this year little last year if a team really likes whatever player X is and he falls back, I could see somebody at 17, 18, 19, 20 wanting to leapfrog one of those other teams that was also in the playoffs and be like, this is our guy. This is the one we got. And then trading back a spot or two. I could see that potentially happening where Portland still feels very comfortable going and getting scrub. Let's get back to the original J scrub kind of overview real quick. I didn't give you this name because I wanted to get your reaction immediately. Remind me of another shifty, ISO-driven, possibly questionable decision-making guard that left-handed with a mid-tier release that snap and follow through also went to the greatest university on the face of the planet in USC. What are you talking about? Well, God, USC threw me off of there. I thought you were talking about... Arizona State guy, James Harden, for a second. But are you talking about DeMar DeRozan? Earlier. Oh, earlier than DeMar DeRozan. OJ. God, you might... Oh, okay. He shoots and moves just like Mayo. I have not thought of that name in a while. I sat here and watched tape <laughs> in the last, like, 48 hours, just like, kind of going back and forth. I'm like, there's something familiar about this game. There's something really familiar about this game. And I just – it couldn't – I couldn't find what it was. And I'm like, I got to go, I got to go watch old lefty jumpers. And so I literally just went through, I'm like, who are the lefty jumpers that I remember having that mid tier snap through release, like, like Jay scrub. And then I Harden was one of the ones I went and watched some of his Arizona state tape. I'm like, no, no, he still finished high even then. And then I got to OJ and I went, wow, that looks a lot of like the same kind of hezzy step back that snatch back motion where he's got the slight tilt, the super high end athleticism where you don't expect a, a guy like that to be that explosive off two feet. And you're just kind of like, Hmm. And listen, OJ had his problems. Basketball was not his problem. <laughs> OJ was certified bucket getter uh, that he had his stuff together <laughs> would have been, I think very, very successful in the league. But the more I look at him, the more I'm like, Hey, Portland could use a guy like that. And for everybody like, Oh God, they never another guard. What are they going to do with Ant? What are they going to do with Gary? Da, da, da. He's not one of those guys. And like you and I were talking about, Steve, he's a legit 6'6". Remind mm-hmm. me, does Portland have a lot of guys that are six foot six alone on the roster? No. And when we say legit 6'6", what we mean is 
I mean, it's no secret. A lot of these measurements, especially in the pre-draft process are not accurate. And, and a lot of the times, if you see someone who's listed at six, five, they're more likely six, six four and, and especially six, four without shoes, mm-hmm. probably six, three. Uh, I think scrub might, might be what you would typically see listed at six, eight in this process, at least six, seven. He's, he's yeah. a Michael kid Gilchrist. Like he's, yeah. He's if you're looking for a build, that's kind of on par with what he is. Mm. He's he's not a small guy. So Portland getting a supremely bouncy ball handling six foot six guy who can realistically slot in one, two, or three, who has the ability to tick every box while being a plus in every one of those boxes. Yeah, yeah, go for those guys. And listen, oh, everybody wants to beat up on Olshay. I take my turn. Trust me. <laughs> What you guys actually hear and see is not everything that I say, but I will defer to him on this stuff. When it comes to the raw moldable young guards, they haven't gotten many of these wrong. Pat Connaughton's a player. Layman is an NBA player. I think Ant is going to be a stud. Gary is a player. Damon CJ are players. And none of these guys are, are, are full blooded pedigree guys. None of them. Not one of them is. So this is the one area where I go, okay, I'm going to tip my cap to them. I'm going to trust them on this. They've done their research. Big men, different story. We won't go down that path though. Okay, mm-hmm. outside of J-Scrub, and you and I are both, we, we both believe that not only is he good enough to be taken, he's likely to be taken at this point, right? Yeah, I, I would say I had the very same feeling I had about Anthony Simons at the same level of this process. Like if you go back to that draft, Ant was one of the last profiles I did. And it was mainly just because the Intel I was getting was that he we knew. was the guy. Yeah. So, so Ant got a promise. We knew, we, we, we kind of knew that. I, well, I'll, I mean, I, we've talked about this before. It, it's not, it's not a secret. Um, I, with, with Ant just not to reveal too much, but I think it was more the promise of the, the team. The Lakers. So like, after the yeah. Blazers that really prompted that pick. Yeah. So the, the Blazers knew what they had to do to go get him. And this kind of stuff happens all the time, guys. So um, I don't know if, if Scrubs got a, got a promise, but I would, I would venture to say that it's as strong a commitment as you can get right now. That's kind of the, the boat that I think we're sitting in. The Blazers and particularly Neil O'Shea and his staff, number one, they don't put anything out there. Number two, remind me how many Blazers smoke screens you've seen in the past with O'Shea. Never. It doesn't, it doesn't happen. If they bring a guy in multiple times, it's because they're looking at him. Hands down. They, they, they pretty much show their hand as far as this is concerned, but they try to control that by keeping it as much of it in-house as humanly possible. All right, so now that we've kind of hit on the, the, the store du jour, um, which we'll know here about a little bit, how do you think this draft is going to shake out kind of, let's go 14, 15, 16? Who, if it's not scrub, then who? It could get really ugly for Portland at this pick in a real hurry. I think I, if, if there's that run and when I say the run on the forward late lottery forwards, I'm talking about Patrick mm-hmm. Williams, Bessel, Sadiq Bay, and I'm missing one. Nesmith. Like, yep. Nesmith. Yeah. Um, um, if those guys are off the board, it gets really wonky for Portland at that pick. Hopefully the hope is that one of those four guys makes it to Portland at 16, but if they don't, I think it's pick your poison with guy, a guy you like in Poku, a high upside big man who's played overseas, or you go the opposite direction, you go a high upside guard. And 
that's where you, you know, the Jay Scrubs come into the conversation. Yes, that early. I think Portland would be, if they're comfortable and they're going to take a shot, why not take a shot with the guy they believe in? They've um, shown that they're willing to do this. Yeah. Zach Collins yeah. is the perfect example of this. That was their guy. Whether or not you agree or not, I don't care. That was their guy. And mm-hmm. they went up and they got him. Yeah. So it, it's not un, unlike them to go. I mean, they took Dame what, six. They took CJ 10. Mm-hmm. Every one of their guys that they have gotten that they've kind of focused on, they've taken earlier than expected. So well, and they and I mean they targeted Alan Crabb to move up into into that pick and then Gary Trent Jr. Gary and yep. it's it's not uncommon for them to nope. make moves like this. So so but I as far as the guards go, then I mean Cole Anthony is the guy who's consistently stuck out with me. He's another guy like Jay Scrub. Is the more film I've watched of him, the more I've fallen in love with his game. Um, but we'll see. I, I think it's the, the hope too, is that someone, you know, else falls to that low. It might not be Portland's guy, but then, like you said, we alluded to earlier, you might get that trade partner. You might get it and be able to get a little bit of capital, whether it's another second round pick or a, a, a guy on a vet man, something to fill a slot somewhere. And that's kind of mm-hmm. where you're hoping you, you can kind of, you listen, you want to look about team stockpiling assets right now, go look at the freaking thunder. Good Lord. And I'll, you know what? Let's let's use that to transition into some, into some free agency and some trades. Um, trade wise, everybody wants to know: Are the Blazers going to make a trade? Will they trade anybody? Listen, they're always open for business. I just don't think they're going to move anybody. I I just right now it's it's quieter than quiet uh, on that front. Uh, I do think on Monday we are going to see some very serious moves. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, I, I would not be surprised to see a Chris Paul moved on Monday. Wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised in the least bit. Uh, and with that, you're going to have a truckload of players moving behind him. Uh, and then what that does to the, to, a, you know, the, the balance of power, so to speak, I don't think we're going to see a Russ or, or a Harden um, on Monday, but I do think you're going to see Russ moved relatively quickly, uh, mostly because for all the gamesmanship and all that kind of stuff, um, there's only, let me go and let's see. Yeah, no, carry the one. There's only six weeks till the season starts. So if it's going to happen, it's going to happen as much as they want to try to play coy and get whatever this, that, and the other. I, I don't, I don't foresee too much of a delay with that stuff. Do you? No. And I mean, just getting to Russ, I mean, he's kind of the, the bad team trade target, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's, he screams Knicks, he screams Hornets yep. like that. And that's why I think that deal will get done with Portland. I would say this. It's quiet right now. I'm not like you. I'm not hearing anything, but I do believe that they will make those fringe trades. And I, I wrote an article that came out yeah. today, Sunday. It's those typical guys that Olshay usually goes after. And I think this year won't be any different. Now what they use to get those assets, it might be trying to cling on and get into a three-way trade for some of these guys, but they're just high guys with untapped potential is basically what you're looking at. The typical guys that, may have been linked to Portland in the past. That's why I put Hutchinson on that list. I mean, these guys aren't world beaters, but these guys have size in a lot of cases and have untapped potential, might not have been in a good situation where they previously were. Which Portland has tried to capitalize on regularly. It's kind of leads me into this one. This is from Bob, Bob, at Bob Bradstreet, Bradstreet Racing. What would it take to get Lowry Lowry Markinen from Chicago? I think uh, him and the system with Damon CG could be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, the four that could stretch out every level and score, uh, work in the pick and pop, pick, pick and roll, uh, play off of Nurkic. I mean, it's no secret. I've wanted Lowry for a long time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, my question, and you remember draft night when the, when the Bulls took him, I was like, listen, if he can rebound and stay on the floor, great. Because I didn't think his athleticism would translate. He actually ended up being more athletic than I expected mm-hmm. uh, in the NBA. His, question, his problems have been, one, staying healthy, two, boiling. So, <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be a different world for for him under Billy Donovan. Like yeah, it, I'm kind of excited to see what he can do. Going back to Donovan's college days of what he David could do Lee, maybe him or or a Horford role. Or, yeah. So he hasn't exactly been uh, bad when you give him a uh, four four ish kind of guy, four five ish kind of guy mm-hmm. who can step out and knock down shots. Yep. I mean, it, the list of guys: what Parsons, Lee, Horford. Like, god dang! I mean even Noah to an extent, like, yeah, he couldn't shoot, but he could play make from the perimeter. He could play make from the perimeter and work in horn sets. Yeah. So what would it take to get marketed? I've still heard that his value has dropped. Uh, it's not like dirt cheap, but it's down a little bit. But the, the flip side is, uh, I don't think Arturis is going to flip anybody. Um, as far as the young guys, as far as Kobe, Wendell and Lowry. Now Levine I've heard is, is readily available, but beyond that, I, I don't, th- I don't think any of the kids are available at this point in time, but again, I would, I, I would take Lowry here in a second. I think he would be a, a big time upgrade. Uh, you'd, you'd lose a little bit defensively for sure, but I think you'd gain a lot offensively, both in the short roll and the pick and pop and uh, attacking on closeouts. Um, let's talk free agency for a second, um, because I know there's a, this is a, the big question too, because it's going to hit really early. I think the Blazers might have somebody kind of locked in because everybody is talking about all of the deals basically for the guys who matter are already for the most part done uh this is this is the one year where the nba's just kind of do 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 putting on the blinders and letting the tampering occur behind the scenes because the shortened timeline mm-hmm. i'm not sure who it is even if it if, or even it exists right now but i would assume that portland is very much locked in on a particular guy who's going to fill a position of need which is going to be at the three four I don't think that Melo comes back. I've been on that train for quite some time. He came here, he increased his value, made it look better than it did in Houston and OKC. Now he can go back home to New York if he wants to. He's got his former agent there. The Knicks are trying to build somewhat of a culture there. Um, or hell, maybe he goes to Brooklyn and comes off the bench for those guys. I don't know, but I just don't think he's going to be here. I don't think he fit features there in, into Portland's plans. And I think Portland is much more interested in seeing what Zach Collins has at the four and bringing in a guy that's a three, four type. Um, I don't think they're trading for a Gordon Hayward. I don't think Millsap is exactly what they want. I think Ibaka is a guy that was definitely makes sense, but I think he ends up going somewhere else. Um, They're not going to bring back a guy like Turner to be a starter. And I don't think any of the Morrises are going to fit quite right. And I don't think they're going to bring Mo back in that uh, reserve role. So I think that kind of leaves you with, and I don't think Otto Porter Jr. is going to opt out. I think it leaves you between guys like Gallinari, um, a, a guy like Jay Crowder, uh, maybe a Josh Jackson. I, I think those are kind of the guys that you're looking at. And all three are in unique situations. Josh Jackson kind of drove his value up in a rehab project. Uh, in Memphis, did really good and was it 13 games as a starter, filling in when when Jaron kind of tweaked his knee before you know the, the bubble and kind of getting into that. Um, Crowder obviously was on the Heat, looked incredibly good um, as Jay Crowder does in contract years. <laughs> Jay Crowder contract years are fantastic, let me tell you. Um, swinging up three to the four, I know a lot of people kind of think, oh, he's a three, he's a three. 
he played almost 90% of his minutes at the four. So mm-hmm. for everybody kind of wondering, he's only six, six, he's only six, seven. I don't care. He's going to, if he, if Portland signed him, he'd play the four. Um, and then you look at a guy like Gallo, does he take less money to come here? Because the MLE is not going to be enough in my opinion to get, to get him. But well, maybe if you want to like, read between the lines and go, Hey, Nurkic is talking to him on Twitter. If that actually matters, <laughs> Who, who's the guy for you here, Steve, that you're looking at? Like, yeah, I can see that. I could talk myself into that. We got a list of like what, seven, eight guys. So you can kind of talk yourself into what's, what's your pecking order at least uh, from the guys that we're, we're, that we're linking here. Well, I think if we're talking everybody who could potentially be out there, which I don't think he will be out there. I think he's coming, going back to Brooklyn is Joe Harris. I yeah. They're going to pay him. Yeah. I think he, just for a fit wise, if he potentially did become available, just what he brings offensively is kind of what they've always wanted. He's what they've kind of always targeted with that offense floor spacer can do a lot more than what meets the eye plays plays defensively actually a lot better than people think really hard defensively and surprisingly played a significant amount of minutes uh from power forward to shooting guard in the last couple years which is crazy when you start thinking about it this is where i wish portland had the ability to poison pill the the brooklyn nets and punch them in the face for the (laughs) like oh you thought that was cute marks here you go let me go ahead and hand this one back to you you couldn't let me go ahead and hand you this chaos grenade and let you enjoy it for five years you jerk yeah but he's gonna get paid paid anyways and he's gonna be worth it yeah i and then i i think you already touched on them but jay crowder is interesting just because defensively some familiarity from his Dallas years that, that carries over to Stotts. Gallo would be interesting, but I just think he's, if he is going to come to Portland, it will probably require the max amount of years they can give him at the most amount of money. And I think at that point, when we're two years into that deal, potentially, I think that's going to be kind of ugly. Start thinking about it. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see on that front, but I, I really think, like you touched on, I think the market's kind of set. There's not a lot of teams with cap space that at least are competitive and everybody kind of knows what money's out there. Everybody's working with the same MLE. So you're really picking your situation. Where do you want to play? I will say this, like Portland's tax situation, definitely not competitive with Texas teams or Florida teams. No, but I would say from a playing playing time standpoint, it's you can likely come in and argue it's coming from. Yeah. yeah, and there's like, not a lot of places that are offering that MLE deal that you're, you know, coming in day one starter. So. I would say there's two teams right now who have the money, have the capability on a playoff-ready team with a star player, and that is Portland and that is Dallas. Mm-hmm. And they run the same damn systems on both sides of the ball. So, I mean, it, in that kind of situation, it gets maybe a little dicier for Portland for who they can get because – who's going to take Portland over Dallas when we're talking about both money uh, and lifestyle. Mm-hmm. One of those ones that comes back to bite you a little bit when it's 40 and absolutely pouring rain and they take a trip to Dallas and they go, Oh, well, it's 75 and beautiful right now. And it's tax-free. <laughs> what am I going to do with this? Um, real quick. What do you expect overall uh nba wise here over the next 24 48 hours what's 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 steve dewald's crazy wild here's what's going to happen here's what's not going to happen list i think uh i think it's awfully quiet in philadelphia right now and i think i think they could get real crazy like get a little spicy maury's gonna do something to put a stamp on that on that team and it could be 
it could be, I think that's the one I'm watching. I think also it'd be interesting to see if Maury can torpedo or complicate more things for the Rockets <laughs> through, through other moves. I think that's secretly what I'm rooting for. Oh, I think um, we're all rooting for that. Let's be honest. So, uh, and then also like, I mean, just personally, I think we're going to see, I think there's a good chance we're going to see some former beloved Blazers end up on some teams that we really don't care for. I think I think the Lamarcus Aldridge to the Warriors thing sounds like there's, there's real legs to that. There's there's a lot of stuff out there on that, and then I also think, you know, the Lakers probably make the Danny Green move, knowing that Wesley Matthews is probably a pretty big contender to come to LA. Yes, yeah. and for those not aware, at the time of us recording, Wes has just opted out of his player option, which makes him an unrestricted free agent. Which at this point in his career, Wes firmly ticks every box of the three and D ring chaser, mm-hmm. which. All the power to him for him to come back from the Achilles injury. God bless him. But I really hate to see the Lakers pick up both Schroeder and Wes by giving up Danny green in the 28th pick. That, that bothers me. It's like, they just got better. Really? For less money. How the hell does this happen? Oh, that's right. It's Los Angeles. Um, I think a big underlying theme here that everybody keeps keeps trying to hammer home is uh, continuity, continuity, continuity. And Portland's been hammering this really the entire Damian Lillard era. There's going to be a lot of that. There's going to be guys that are healthy. This roster should be fully healthy. Now there's no Nurk coming back from a broken leg. Hood should be back. Uh, He was greenlit in August uh, as far as, you know, full resumption of basketball activities. We're going to be what four months removed from that. He should be good to go. Uh, like I said, I believe I had heard that Zach had already had his surgery and was back to basketball. So we should start seeing him uh, back in town and, and, and going to workouts. Ant's healthy. Gary's healthy. Um, Ariza should be back in the fold. I haven't heard any changes to that status. And that actually leads me to this question. Do I expect Trevor Ariza to be back next year? Right now, yeah. Right now I do. I I would like to see his deal packaged up and moved um, to bring in somebody who's not 36 years old. And I keep hammering this point, not as a point to like knock on Trevor Reza. I thought he did more than well. Um, But your game falls off a cliff at 36, Steve. Unless your name is LeBron James, your game falls off a cliff. Athletically, it's, it's how many guys have that in their legs still? Uh, I think we have to remember why everybody kind of fell in love with Ariza and it wasn't because of his athleticism, athleticism. It was because Portland just hasn't had a forward that's right place, right time on defense. So, I mean, yes, there, there's going to be some steps back, but I, I see what you're saying and it's never, never good, but like also it's not the end of the world. If he comes back, no, it's not the end of the world. If he comes back here, here's the thing, but it's also not this thing that we should be celebrating. No. And that's, and I think that's the difference is Trevor Ariza a serviceable player. Yes. But are we looking at serviceable or are we looking at being a contender? If Trevor Ariza is your starting forward, you are not a contender period point blank. I don't care unless you have got one of the two or three best players in the league, which I love Dane, but he's not that if he was six, seven, he would be legitimately. If Dane was six, seven, he would be one of the three or four best players in the league. But because of that lack of size, because of what they had to overcome, I just, no. We, we, we just saw the Lakers do it with Danny Green. Danny Green is the guard version of Trevor Ariza. And we saw Danny Green kind of fall off the face of the cliff production-wise. 
So, I mean, they just packaged up Danny Green in the 28 for Dennis Schroeder. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's a lot to ask for Trevor Ariza and the 16th pick being able to net you a decent return. Mm-hmm. And then again, I mean, that might be, again, that could be on the table draft night, depending on who slides. But just real quick, I want to touch on something overall with free agency and you hit on continuity and what I, I, the point I want to bring up is I feel like this whole continuity thing was an advantage that the Blazers have had, but I think it's kind of nerfed in this COVID world because the reason why how Portland built this continuity and this team mm-hmm. identity is you're, you're in the Pacific Northwest. You're in one of the widest markets in the entire NBA. A lot of these NBA, there's not a huge, I mean, there's a nightlife in Portland, but it's not like a crazy nightlife. Is there? Um, <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> but you know, you have, you have these guys that bond, they're in the gym all the time. They're going to meals together. Yeah. Now everybody's really doing that now, unless you're some situations where you're probably, if you're in Miami or, or in some other markets, you're probably not strict, strictly following that. But I feel like the entire league is going to be coming. You're going to see some very tight knit groups mm-hmm. where Portland had that advantage, especially later. college like, but I think everybody's going to have that. I think that continuity advantage that Portland may or may not have had, which is really hard to quantify um, is probably nerfed going into a COVID year. So I think that'll be, I don't think it's going to be the advantage that we typically see for Portland. Yeah. I don't disagree. I, and that's what I'm saying. I don't, the continuity stuff's great. It's fun. It's nice. It's, it's this, that, or whatever. But I just it it matters, but it doesn't. Like it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things where yeah, sure, it's it's great to have. Also, Anthony Davis and LeBron James just threw a bunch of dudes together and won an NBA title. Mm-hmm. Just it's great to have when that's what you have to lean on because you don't have the other stuff. That's what you get with 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 a Miami. You get a bunch of dudes who came together and bonded and bought into the culture. Da, 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 da. But they also had a crap ton of high end talent up and down the roster they went 10 deep i mean that's that's the reality and they got you know hot at the right time it's probably the closest thing we'll see to like a hockey analogy um was with being in the bubble i think it's a very very hard thing to replicate it's much easier in a sense to replicate the just be better strategy than it is let's kumbaya and everybody have a beer together uh, Mm -hmm. and that'll make us better um grand scheme portland's going to sign somebody i think it's going to shock somebody and I think we're going to see that pretty quick. I don't think they're going to make a trade. Uh, if they, well, I shouldn't say that. I don't think they're going to make a trade of consequence. They're going to move some guys around the periphery. Uh, they're, they're going to look for a guy here or there. If they don't get, the, if they get the wing in the draft, they'll address the point guard in free agency. If they get the guard in the draft, they'll address the, they'll address another wing in free agency. That's how I kind of think this is going to go. If I had to peg it, they're going to get a wing in free agency. They're going to go for a guard in the draft. You could see a, a scrub. You could see a Josh Green. You could see a Cole Anthony. I, I, I like Cole, and you and I, we both like Cole. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that I would expect Olshay to grab just because he doesn't have that athletic twitch. Mm-hmm. And even if you go back to the Olshay's earlier days with the Clippers, when he went for project guys, Al Farouk Aminu, Eric Bledsoe. What were those guys coming out of college? The yeah, they, high-end athletes mm-hmm. that couldn't shoot to save their lives. Well, I mean, Nasir Little's in that in that category yes. now too. So, I mean, Ant was another guy. I mean, if, there's there's a pattern here. Again, you you mentioned it. The whole the tangible athleticism and skill that you can build on. There's there's a foundational building block that is uncoachable. You can't mm-hmm. you can't get bigger. You can't get taller. You I mean you can get stronger. 
but knowing how to use that strength is different. And I think those, that's what the Blazers typically focus on guys who know how to use, not just their physical strength, but their tools and guys who know how to apply them well enough. So I think that's the way we'll, we'll see Portland's draft go. So I wouldn't be surprised by Jay Scrub. I wouldn't be surprised by Josh Green. I wouldn't be surprised by a, uh, even a Poku just mm-hmm. because he has those tools. Um, hell, I wouldn't be surprised if a, if a, a Precious Achua popped up. If mm-hmm. I don't think Precious is going to fall that far now. But, I mean, no secret, I want to see a guy like Patrick Williams on this team. I want to see the Jonathan Isaac type. Portland, I've been beating this drum for years beyond this trade CJ. They need to get longer. They need to get bigger, stronger, and more athletic. They are the mm-hmm. least athletic team in the NBA. And yes, they granted, they are still very much um, athletic as they're in the NBA. And as we're sitting here, uh, Otto Porter will not be a free agent. He has opted into his $28.4 million deal. <laughs> Good for you, Otto. Go get the bag. Yeah. That's a man who's like, nah, I'm not getting that on the open market. I'll take that. So that takes one more guy off the board, but that was kind of an as expected Um mm-hmm. And we'll see what happens with Ariza's option. I believe his was the 21st. If I'm trying to remember right. There was I don't know if it's an option. I think it's just non-guaranteed money. I'm sorry, yes, but they still have to oh, yeah, th- yeah. guarantee. The yeah. team has to Yeah, I think it was the 21st or 22nd they had that they had to guarantee it. I, I can't remember what it was. There was a press release that had everything yeah. on it. Um well that was I think that was good. I think we, we covered everything we wanted to cover mm-hmm. here. Um I kind of bailed on the questions just because I wanted to make sure we got grand scheme of things um I, you know what i'm gonna work this one in um joel just joel at mr riolius i don't know man you some, some of your guys's handles are <laughs> choose your name how close is trent jr to being a starter level player and what's needed his game to push the selection where do you sit on on mr gtj he's already a starter level player in the nba so yes. that, that's what what i see i think just because a guy like CJ McCollum's in front of him, that's the only reason he's not a starter right now. Um, I, I think it's just for next year, I think you just got to prove that the bubble is for real, which I think it is. I think it's not like it came out of nowhere. I mean, granted that shooting percentage is probably going to come down, but or it's going to come down, but all the buildings. He's going to be a career 39% three point shooter. Yeah. yeah. He's going to be right around 40 his whole career. I think it's just, he's got to show he's consistent on defense and yeah, teams are going to game plan for him a little more and that's always a learning curve, but I, I think he's going to be fine. I, I'm with you. I mean, I just, duh. I mean, <laughs> I've been riding the Gary Trent Jr. train for a long time. Uh, when we had him at Hoop Summit, I was like, eh. I, uh, I had him, Mo Bamba and Jared Vanderbilt that I picked out of, the, out of those guys who I had thought had no doubt NBA ready skill sets, Gary shooting, Vanderbilt's passing and Bamba's shot blocking. All three of those things still are true. It's just that Vanderbilt can't shoot and Bamba can't stay on the court because he's a walking foul. Um, real quick, because we got to make sure we tag this in the article. Uh, Damian Lillard, couple couple shrug emojis about Giannis coming to Portland in Dame time. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not, not going to touch it. Mm-mm. I got too much. There's so much other real stuff going on <laughs> with this team that that's where I'm focusing my energy. Like once the draft's over, I can go, I can go down this road probably, but where was this tweet two months ago? Yeah, exactly. You know, this, it's one of those things where like, you couldn't tweet this out, you know, mid April. Come on, man. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I do love the tampering though. I, I am, oh. I am pro pro tampering when it, when it's uh, uh, favorable for Portland. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be, <laughs> it'd be unreal, but 
because it is unreal. So yeah. I think, I don't know. It, it was going to be. Allow yourself to dream, Steve. See, guys, I am not I mean, always Debbie Downer. I like nice things. Steve, Steve doesn't like nice things. I like this is this is like, what we get to. So, yeah, paint me as the pessimist. Yeah, because yeah, that's exactly how our private conversation. <laughs> um, I mean, it'd be on par with Kareem leaving mm-hmm. Milwaukee at this point. Poor Milwaukee man. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, it's almost you almost want to shake Milwaukee and go, yeah, do it. Well, you can still get value. Give them the Billy Madison speech, you know, mm-hmm. don't ever leave. But, but I don't, I don't know. I just don't know if, I think you just got to hold on, save face, try to pay him as much money as you can and ride it out. Do what you can. Yeah. Cause if you trade him, you can't, it'd be like trading Dame. Sure. Unless he came to you and said, trade me real quick. I want to touch on something that you said that Clyde. Now is the now is the time of the year to be very cautious of where you're getting your trade rumors from because there was oh, a story yeah. that was shared on Bleacher Report where it was I don't know even what team it was and it's from a tweet from somebody who took another article that someone just gave a hypothetical trade and they you- aggregated the aggregation of aggregators and that's how you end up with that so when you lean over or you're someone in my contact list that sends me that that stuff you are going to get a livid reaction from me so just be very careful look for sources you know follow shams follow Woj, the official account uh, stein mark stein look for the blue check mark and now like people are crappy nowadays they put a little symbol next to it where a quick look you're going to think it's a blue check mark make sure it's a blue check mark just be very careful. If it sounds like BS, it's probably BS. But who knows? I mean, there's going to be some big names out there, but it should at least make some sense when you see it. And making some sense is what we try to do here on the Blazers Edge podcast. And thank you for joining me, Steve. Uh, appreciate you hopping on. Uh, it is now time to wrap things up. And just a reminder, folks, like, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, Megaphone FM, who is where we host our podcast, was just purchased by Spotify. So it's all going to kind of roll together. And if you didn't know, we're already on Spotify, but I expect our presence to be a little bit larger there kind of going forward. Uh, we're also on iTunes that you're basically anywhere else you need or want to find a podcast. Please like, rate, review, subscribe. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this. Uh, it's going to be a wild 24, 48, 72 hours uh, as we get into the draft and into free agency and everything else that kind of comes with that. This is going to move way faster. So um, stay tuned for that. We will have the draft show live stream. Uh, Steve DeWald, a couple other guys from uh, Blazers Edge. And we're going to try and get a few other guys that uh, specialize in uh, pro scouting, college scouting, uh, have them be a part of the show as well. Uh, pop in, talk about some potential prospects and just kind of... Uh, all collectively bite our nails together as the picks move closer to 16. And then once it happens, celebrate and joy or watch me face planted in my keyboard. Like I did in 2017, except for it wasn't a keyboard. It was a hard wooden table and a lot of beer. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> thanks for joining us, man. Uh, I will uh, now begin the process of editing and getting this to you. So it's ready to go early in the morning. Thank you everybody. We will catch you guys later. Uh, again, like rate review, subscribe, do all of the things, find us on YouTube, find us on Twitch uh stitcher itunes man we're I'm, I'm trying to make this thing as accessible and easy to find so just find it and like it thank you mm, bye